morning. I'm going to read to you from God's Word. I know you can bring me down quite a bit. The 72 returned with joy, saying, The Lord, even the demons are subject to you in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. I am so glad that you have returned here to Crosswinds this morning. You know, if you're new today, I am Ken, and I am glad that you're here with us, either online or here in person. You know, last week I sent everybody to be the church, to be out in the world. And I hope that you today are returning with joy. For me, it's, it's been a good week. I have seen God do some amazing things. I've seen him do some amazing things in, in people's lives. And that has given my heart a lot of joy. But honestly, not every day or every week of my life has always been like that. I'm a person that likes to succeed. And I feel happy when I'm succeeding. And I get frustrated sometimes when I'm not winning, you know, at life. There are days in my life that sometimes feel like a defeat. And and there are days that honestly feel like a tie. You know, if you need to win like me, that can sometimes affect your joy. Um, you know, if I'm not careful, my drive to win and accomplish certain metrics in my life um, can uh, make me um, feel unhappy or compromise my joy on any given day or or month or maybe even a year i can compromise joy see i i think we all can kind of be like that i think we can have these external metrics in our lives that can make us feel like we're not winning in life for some of us it's 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 how we're moving up in our careers. For others of us, it's how our relationships with our spouses are going or whether our, our kids are happy. Or for some of us, it's how we're trending in our social media accounts. Some of us celebrate life when our investments are going upward and we're not so happy when they're going downward. Others of us feel like we're winning in life when we're healthy and we're thin. You know, many feel the way to win in life is when their political party is in power. And some feel like life is a win when there's no stress and it's just free and it's spontaneous. And others feel that life is a win when it's predictable and it's very organized. We all kind of have certain metrics for the things that we find our happiness in. But what if those things are not supposed to be the ultimate, ultimate metrics for our life. And what if choosing the wrong metric in life 
leads to kind of an up and down roller coaster that makes us kind of sickly in terms of the joy in our lives. You know, most churches and pastors can have the wrong metric by what we measure success for the church. Often we measure our success by how big and beautiful our building is or how big our budgets are or how many people are seated in the seats of our congregations. Most churches measure success with an institutional approach of backsides and seats and budgets. But see, the church is meant to be a living organism, according to Jesus, a happy family. You all are the church. So the metric really should be, how are you growing in your understanding of what you are? How are you becoming the church? Last week, um, you all gave stuff to a family whose house burned down. You, you cooked meals for a woman who had surgery. You sorted clothes for families that need them. You, you prayed to the Lord of the harvest. You had gospel conversations. You were who you were supposed to be, the church. You understood, and, 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 and all that was good if you understood who you were while you did those things. And you had joy in it. What you are is more important than what you did when it comes to joy. If we are to be healthy as a church, healthy as people, our metrics for success has to change from what we do to who we are. Today, let's look closely at God's word in Luke chapter 10, 17 through 20, and, and, and see what Jesus says. Verse 17 says, the 1772 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. See, all 72 he sent out had success, and, and, and frankly, that's amazing that They all had success, and all 72 returned safely. See, Jesus cares for all of his disciples. And I have to say that every time Jesus has sent me to go do something for him, he blesses it. It may not be instantly, but he does not waste the things that I do for him. There's always some sort of fruit in it. I learn something from it, or I'm able to help someone else learn and grow. I always return more joyful than I would have if I just stayed home. Every mission trip I've ever been on, there are stories to tell of things that I have seen God do. You know, when we planted this church about 16 years ago, Pastor John told me, Ken, we will have stories to tell. And if any of you have 12 or 24 hours, I'd be happy to sit down and tell you all the stories. There's a story about the day that the church baptized both pastors, the building baptized both pastors in one day. And I'd be happy to share that with you. I've seen, you know, in the last two weeks, I've had two people just randomly ask me, does God still do miracles? And I can tell you, I have seen plenty 
of miracles in the last 16 years. The problem is we all have spiritual amnesia. We are better at remembering our latest problem than the hundreds of past miracles that God does. See, these disciples were sent out with a focused mission. They were sent out expecting God to work in their lives, and they saw him work because of it. You know, I've been asking you to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Are you expecting a harvest? Are you? God is bringing it. I'm seeing it. Jesus obeyed and they prayed and they saw more than they expected. Jesus had not said to them that the demons would submit to them. He just told them to preach the gospel and to prepare people to receive him and heal. He had not given these disciples the authority over the demons. He had given that authority to the apostles, but not to them. And they came back surprised that this had happened. God always gives us better than what we expect if we will put our trust in him. But we first have to go out and step out in faith. See, they had to walk by faith oops, and not by sight. They had to put their total trust in what he would provide. Turn this down a little bit. Um, see, there's a pattern here. There's a pattern here for God's church. We are to go and be his church in the world, preparing people to hear Jesus. And then we are to come back and, 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 and to celebrate Joyfully, what God has done in us on Sunday morning. We should be hearing God's stories every week. That's normal. That's normal, right? Every week that God has done something. Has God done anything in your life this week? Amen. Amen. Every week. So email me. Tell me about what God's doing. We need to start celebrating Every week, a new story. He's doing something new. We need to share those. A God story is when God does something that only God can do, like the power over a demon. We are not powerful enough to go up against a demon alone, but Jesus, by the name of Jesus alone, they are silenced and they are subdued. And when the The disciples saw the power of God working through them. It made them joyful. And when we share a testimony of what God has done in our lives with each other, it, it, friends, makes us joyful as a church. You know, the word enthusiasm originally came from the Greek language, and it meant God-inspired or God within. See, this disciples' joy, it was genuine. They had obeyed Jesus at his word, And it worked better than expected. See, Jesus gives his disciples affirmation for their obedience. He said to them, I saw Satan falling like lightning from heaven. Satan is the adversary of God. And this is the first time Luke uses the word Satan. You know, previously he used the word devil. And I think he's showing a shift right now in chapter 10. Uh, of the advance of the kingdom of God. Earlier, Luke used the devil because the devil was on the attack on Jesus. But now, with his disciples, 
They are advancing the ball downfield. Jesus has set his face towards Jerusalem. And they're going there to set a, a death blow to Satan's power. His troops are now mobilized towards Jerusalem. Now this word fall in the Greek actually means falling. The fall of Satan's kingdom is progressive in a sense that it happens over a period of time. The Bible actually mentions uh, four falls of Satan. He falls from being a glorified being to a profane being in Ezekiel 28, 14 through 16, where he sinned and he fell from having then access from heaven to being restricted to earth in verses in Job 1, 12 and 1 Kings 22 and 21 and Zechariah um, 3, 1 and then in Revelations 12, 9. He, 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 he became stuck on earth with us. And that's where he is now. And then later from earth, he will fall into bondage, into a bottomless pit for a thousand years. And Revelation 20, 1 through 3 tells us that. But then he will have a final fall to his destruction into the lake of fire in Revelation 20, 10. Jesus says his fall is like lightning. You can see it. You can hear it. It makes an impact. But friends, it's gone in a flash. And and Jesus is saying that to encourage his disciples. Satan is a flash in a pan compared to God. Even though the fall that I describe happens over all of human history, over thousands a year, where he lights up the sky and he creates a thunderous, scary boom. He does not win. See, Satan is a false light that tries to attract our gaze away from God. But Jesus is the true light, the eternal light of the world. Isaiah 14 says this of Satan. Oh, how you have fallen from heaven. O day star, son of the dawn. How you are cut down to the ground. O you who laid nations low. You who laid, said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mountains, the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. See, he he tried to be above God and he fell like a lightning bolt from heaven. And it says in verse 15, but you are brought down to Sheol, to the far reaches of the pit. See, Satan's pride has done him in. He's already been defeated long ago. God announced his sentence in Genesis 3. And now Jesus, our hero, has come to the world to execute it. And he's deputized his disciples. And he's given them authority. And greater is he that lives in them and in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, than he who lives in the world. And beloved, beloved church, this is why it is more important that you understand who you are than what you do. Beloved, we fight from victory, not 
for victory. Our joy is not in each victory we have, but in his victory proclaimed long ago and was finished on the cross, which is certain by our faith. Jesus said, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and on scorpions and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Wow, friends, that's quite a statement. That's quite a statement Jesus gives to his disciples. That's about who you are, not what you do. You have authority. See, Satan sold us a lie. In the garden, he sold us a lie that we could be free from God and be gods and and be in charge of our lives and that that would make us free. But instead, we became slaves to Satan and we became slaves to sin and we became slaves to death. And Jesus, he comes to restore our authority, to restore us as sons and daughters of God, to restore us as the image of God. We were made to have dominion over creation with God. God's church is the restoration of Imago Day. Look at what the Proto-Evangelica says, what the first gospel says. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring and He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Jesus shares the same authority he has with his own disciples over the power of evil. Unlike Satan who sought to rule over us, enslave and enslave man, Jesus seeks to rule with us and to free us. Here's what God's word says about those who follow Jesus as his disciples. If we have died with him, we will live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. And if we are faithless, he remains faithful. We will reign with Jesus. He is faithful always to us. Satan will promise us power, but he will oppress us. Jesus' path is humility, but he will empower us. Satan will accuse and tear us down. Christ will restore and build us up, and he will recreate us. Lightning is just a short-term destructive force that creates fear in us. When Jesus says nothing will harm you, what he is saying is permanently harm you. The power or light in you is more powerful than that flash in the pan enemy. The power in you has resurrecting power because you are made in the image of God. Satan, our enemy, only has the power to kill the flesh. But the one who lives in you has the power to cast into hell forever. And yet he came to save you and cast all your enemies into hell. Why do we fear what only has the power to kill the body? Jesus says his disciples 
or says to his disciples that are out doing his work and sharing his gospel that Satan is falling. That his kingdom is being destroyed. Friends, we are always successful when we are sharing his gospel. Always. It has the power to destroy the kingdom of darkness. Even when it feels like nothing is happening. When it feels like nobody's coming to church. When it feels like your co-workers are just laughing at you for your faith. When, when the government policies seem like they're against you and your freedom to worship is being compromised. When your spouse is mocking you again, Satan is still falling like lightning. Beloved, you fight from victory, not for victory. So we can always be joyful. Amen? Because the Son of God has already said it. Because the Son of God has already seen it. He has already put the nails in His hands. And He's already put the nails in His feet. And He has crushed Two thousand years ago. Yes, that rattlesnake is still rattling. He is making noise, but death has no victory. It has no sting for those who believe in his name. They can tread on those snakes, and they can tread on those scorpions, and they can crush the power of death. Sin and state, Satan with Jesus by faith in him. Jesus said, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You know, that word nevertheless puzzled me at first. So I looked it up in the Greek, and you know what it means? But, Pastor Ken's favorite word. Another big but of God. God has a big but in the Bible that does not lie, and that you cannot deny. Jesus says, don't let your metric be. Don't let your metric be. Don't let your standard of success be. Like the disciples, rejoicing about demons submitting to them. Don't let that be your standard of success. Jesus acknowledges their success. But he's saying, don't let that be something you be prideful in. They, they, they didn't come in prideful. They, they acknowledge that it happened because of his name and they're joyful in that. But he's giving them a caution, a very important caution, not to in, invest their joy in a gift of power over evil, but to invest their joy instead in God's love for them. See, Satan only found his joy in his own giftedness. 
And so he exalted himself above God and became a flash in the pan. And and what did they actually express their joy in? Even the demons obeyed us. Their joy was a side benefit. What was the mission? To bring in a harvest that was ripe for the Lord. The Lord asked them to pray for workers, to prepare hearts to know his love. He sent them out as workers. They saw the power of his love, the power of God. And yet only 72 came back. There was not a harvest yet, not numbers of new disciples. You know, even after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, there was still only about a 100 disciples praying together in the upper room. The metric of harvest of numbers of people was still not there if we were going by metrics. It was not backsides in seats. Something, there was a different kind of harvest happening. There was a 100 who were starting to realize something about who they were. After the day of Pentecost, that hundred started to realize who they were through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that hundred turned into 3,000 who understood who they were. Jesus is saying, don't rejoice in the gifts, in the authority or the power that I give. Don't rejoice in their power over evil. Rejoice in me. In my goodness, in my goodness, in giving you eternal life. See, the religious rejoice in their own giftedness and how much knowledge they have and, and how well they sing and, and how holy they are and how, how good they play the guitar or how they appear before others and, and how much less they sin than others or how much they cast out sin up from their life or, or about how many enemies they defeat in their faith which is about the same as rejoicing that the demons submit in your name. They can use the the name of Jesus for power and become prideful in it. And that pride can make them more sons of Satan than sons of God. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, one to the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Matthew seven, twenty-one through 23. If our metric is about what we can accomplish based on our giftedness, friends, there will be no lasting joy. We can do many great and mighty works in his name on earth, but we're building on sand. We can build great church buildings, and there are many rotting today. We can build great ministries and missions in his name, and God will honor the name of Jesus, but we have missed the point of his name. And even if we're blessed in this life because of his name, we will not find eternal life because we just knew of him. We did not know him. 
or who we are meant to be in him. Jesus gives us another big but. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is what we are ultimately to rejoice in. This speaks to who we are. That we are so loved by God that it says in Ephesians 1 that he chose us in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus according to the purpose of his will. Beloved, there are going to be days that it's going to feel like Satan is winning. But Jesus is saying that it is who you are, who you are eternally loved before you ever even sinned, that you are known by him and you are loved by the very one who made the universe and he desired to adopt you into his family before you ever sinned. And that is so much more valuable than any power over a demon or any gift that you have. And nothing compares to that. So today, it doesn't matter whether you have victory over a demon zombie or he takes you out. What really matters is whether your name is written in heaven or it is not. Because if it is, neither that demon nor his boss can get up there and erase it. Because he's kicked out. Your residence is eternally sure. There are many people that will rejoice. They'll rejoice because their cause is right. Their religion is right or their politics is right or whatever their, their thing is, is right. You know, Satan believes his cause is right, and yet he does evil. Real faith is believing that God is right, not that you are right. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight, Proverbs 9.10. God chooses to save us because he is good. Not because we are good. If we focus our hearts on the good we do, we will be constantly disappointed. Our joy in life will go up and down because of self-love and self-hatred because of our own performances. We'll either be self-rejoicing or self-loathing based on our circumstances, which are often beyond our control. Jesus is saying we can always, always rejoice in a God who loves us. And he will never scratch our names out of the book based on bad circumstances. Even Jesus lived a life where it seemed that at times that the enemy was winning like when he was being beaten and and spit upon and mocked and crucified by the Romans. But his joy 
was still maintained. In Hebrews 12, it tells us, look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of a faith that kept his joy, looking forward to heaven before him and endured even the cross. He was not focused on his enemy. He was focused on his love for us and love for the Father. The the point I believe that Jesus is trying to make to his disciples here is is to, to be careful where you focus your heart. Is it focused on being victorious over your enemy? Or is it focused on the love that God has for you? Because we are already victorious over our ancient foe. He is only a flash in the pan. Are you battling evil or are you battling to hold on to the gospel in your heart? The reality is, the more we focus our hearts on being better than our enemies, the more we will become like them. We will become more prideful. We see examples of that in the world all the time throughout history. The oppressed become the oppressor. And the cycle continues throughout history. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall become sons of God. We, we are not to focus our hearts on the powers God gives us to be better than others. Instead, let our hearts wonder, wonder about the infinite goodness of God that would write the names of these lowly sinful creatures like us in heaven forever. That a God that can make stars more numerous than we can count in our entire lifetime. And yet Jesus says in Luke twelve seven, why even the hairs of our heads are all numbered. Fear not. Are you not of more value than many sparrows? Jesus lets us know that our father, our, his father cares about the most intimate details of our lives. The real wonder is not the power God gives us over evil or over a demon that is just a flash in the pan or the power he gives us to preach a sermon, or, or sing a beautiful praise song, or build a ministry, or, or lead a project, or build a building. Is The wonder is that God cares intimately for each of us. He knows you by name. He, 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 he wrote a reservation down for you in heaven, and, and he paid for your stay with his own blood. And, and that he gave you full citizenship for eternity in a a new physical reality with a new spiritual body where there is no sickness, no crying, no pain, but joy forever. And there's no metric that you have to achieve yourself to qualify for it. You just simply need to believe that he is good enough to give it all to you based on his goodness and receive it. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith, 
it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Friends, the only way you can please God is to believe that you are loved by him. Believing the truth about who you really are. Loved. And believing what God would really like to do for you, reward you with eternal life as his adopted son or daughter. Being the church is not about achieving some metric. It's about being something. Being loved. Jesus told his disciples to go out and tell people about the kingdom of God, that it has come near, that there's a God in heaven that loves them so much that he has come to redeem them. Political movements, friends, create enemies to galvanize hearts, to gain power, to gain momentum. But God has come to love his enemies and has offered them peace. Romans 5.8 says, But God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ came and died for us. Friends, today, what metric is your heart focused on? Why are you rejoicing that you're better than somebody else? That you have more power than whoever you consider your enemy to be? Or is it that the Son of God, the one that created the stars with his fingertips, loves you and gave his life for you? The gospel is something that Scripture tells us that the angels long to look at. They are simply blown away that the one who made the stars would let soldiers beat and mock him and hang him on a cross to pay the price to write our names in the book of heaven. Our names don't belong there. Because of our sin, they should be blotted out and we should be judged and thrown in the lake of fire with Satan, each and every one of us. But the ones who conquer by faith, Jesus instead transferred them or transferred himself to the judgment side of the ledger and his goodness was enough to push all of our names to the book of heaven. And then three days later, he walked out of the grave proving he was the author of life the one who wrote the book of life, who could give eternal life to whoever he wanted and eternal death in the lake of fire to whoever he wanted. And he is the one who said, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Friends, that is a command from the Lord on high to worship him. A command to repent and turn and receive His love. You can lament your sins 
or the sins of your enemies, or you can rejoice. You can rejoice forever that your names are written in heaven. You can battle Satan and evil, or you can rejoice that your name is written in heaven. One replaces the other is what Jesus is saying. Repentance is turning and surrendering to the love and the power of God in your life. And when you do that, the power of sin is destroyed forever. Jesus destroyed it on the cross. The Son of God loved you and He gave His life for you on the cross that your sin might be gone He removed it. Metrics don't remove it. Rejoicing in Him removes it. That's the answer. Rejoicing in Jesus, the light of the world, is what we is 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 resisting the flash in the pan, Satan and his power in your life, and he will flee from your life if you will rejoice. In Jesus. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonable be evident to all. The Lord is at hand. You don't win the battle by metrics. You win by his love. You win by turning. To the place. That he has always wanted you to be. Since the foundation of. Of this world, a loved son or daughter of God. Today, be who you were meant to be. Today, can you simply turn to him and rest in him and be his church? His word says, for I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers, nor anything present, nor anything to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Today, rest forever in being loved. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you and I praise you. I praise you forever and I'm joyful forever that my name is written in your book. Lord, I thank you for your bride, your bride that's here today. Lord, let them be joyful in what you have done for them, that you've written them forever in your book, the book of heaven. Father, let them celebrate and sing praises to you. Father, if there's anybody here that has not received that, that's still trying to fix their own sin, fix their own life, trying to resist the devil on their own, Father, let them surrender right now to you. Let them admit their sin and realize that they can't fix it on their own. And turn in their heart right now to you. 
the author and perfecter of everything. We receive your love. Lord, heal them of their sin. You died for it. You said it was finished on that cross. You put the death blow on Satan. He has fallen. Oh, Lord, wash away their sin. Adopt them into your family. Put your arms around them. Make them new. Let them hear the words that they are loved. Thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. In Jesus' name.